I have been sitting here on this accidentally for so long. Months ago, you decided to go through all of my really, really old oh, yeah. tweets and just mock me relentlessly. Yay. For, for my awful tweets. Jessica's like, I got something up in the show. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Okay. And so I, I have those pulled up now. They're mortifying. So, I think I deleted, like, all of them. So if you try to go back through. So the background is one night. When was this? 2020? So, yeah, like, couple... Sorry, it was a year ago. A year ago. <laughs> June... But... Tw- ju- oh, sorry. July 25th, 2020. In sort of the beginning of the darkness of the pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, July. Like, it's like, oh, I guess this won't just end soon. You know what I mean? I was like on my phone and i'm like i want to do something fun i want to like i want to do something positive so i i just i open up jessica's twitter account (laughs) i mean i open i I go to her twitter page through my account and i just scroll 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 till i go all the way back to like the oldest tweet she has and i just start replying to tweets from like 10 years ago all right, so the first one is still there i didn't delete this tweet i actually retweeted it recently on October 16th, 2012, I found in a grocery store in Chicago this weird baloney called Baby Baloney, and it has a picture of a baby on it. And so I posted that picture and I said, attention, is your baloney made out of babies? And Danny responded last year, I'm sure that's just the name. <laughs> right. I should have replied... When you were my baloney. Oh. Now we can cut to the song. We'll be right back. I swear you said keep on driving. Although the sun's gonna set. You said you had to see how far we could take this. Yeah, how far we could get. When you were my baby. You must have done something to change me. Hello, and everyone, back. and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. <laughs> but there's more. They there's, get, oh, there's so many. That's just the beginning. Many more. On December 9th, 2012, I tweeted, they're playing Bozo reruns on one of the TVs at my gym. This is truly terrifying, truly terrifying, yet I cannot look away. Last year, Danny responded, are you on a treadmill? Imagine the clown is chasing you. L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L. <laughs> That's good advice. If you're at the gym, imagine a clown is chasing you. On September 2nd, 2012, I tweeted, I do love me some jujubes first thing in the morning. Hashtag breakfast of champions. Last year, Danny responded, OMG, hope not every day, though. It would be bad if you ate jujubes for breakfast every day. I hate you so much. That's a very good point I made. You can't go around eating jujubes for breakfast every day. So this actually is, 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 this ties into Reliant K. Okay. On June 3rd, 2013, I tweeted, Vegetables is one out there Beach Boys song. If you brought a big brown bag of them home, I'd jump up and down and hope you'd toss me a carrot. Really bizarre lyrics, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Danny last year responded to me. The veggie tail should cover it. Hey, but I'm kidding. They don't have to if it's, if they don't want to. I don't want to impose on anybody. That's a good idea. What if the veggie tails covered vegetables? 
But they probably don't want to because it's about eating vegetables. <laughs> I was just like, I was going back in time and I was like saying hi to past Jessica. And I was giving all these responses to your tweets that they deserved back then. August 16th, 2012, I tweeted, Cappuccinos, just hot chocolate for grownups. To which Danny responded, grownups can have hot cocoa if they want, though. <laughs> they can. <laughs> That's a really good point. Like, just because cappuccino is for adults and hot chocolate is not doesn't mean adults can't have hot chocolate. What if they don't want the caffeine? <laughs> he did this for more of them, but those are probably the top ones as I scroll through some of the others, so. That's the best you got to open the show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's the best you got to open the <laughs> was, show? Technically, that was the best I have to open the show. Yeah, I don't know. I was having oh, a lot sorry, of fun just, replying I, to you. I did not. Uh, I did not silence my phone. Apologies. And now I'm really upset because Jessica went through and she deleted all like a bunch of her old tweets. And I'm like, now there's no material there for me to do that anymore. <laughs> and that's not the sort of thing I can do with a stranger. Like, it's only meaningful to do to someone I know. You know what I mean? You can, like, to go find a and bunch pretend of... to be somebody's aunt. Right. And just give the most, like, 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 aunt responses. Vapid, like, <laughs> bull, you know, just regular face reply yeah. to things that are meant to be funny. <laughs> so, any other top of the show business? Not really. There's no voicemails. This There's no new voicemails, but we do have, like, a couple of voicemails from daniel that go back a couple weeks so okay. we could play those now last week we played a voicemail from him about how albums three through six by relying k all end with a song that has a key change in them uh-huh and then at the end of that voicemail he like can't remember the name of uh this is the end if you want it mm-hmm. i almost couldn't remember and then he goes crap and he hangs up and we played the voicemail and then we got a tweet from him saying i meant to tell you don't play that voice oh <laughs> so hopefully we are supposed to play these voicemails Uh-oh. <laughs> no i'm saying hopefully we are supposed to play these this is from july 29th this is daniel calling just to see what what this was about back then let's hear it okay daniel calling back again um so as far as the lighter music sounding faster and quiet music sounding slower, I, I'm just curious on that if, if most people think that. I mean, it's, that's totally possible, but for me, I've always found that like when music is quiet, it seems faster to me. So there's this phenomenon that I've heard of where louder music sounds faster to some people and quieter music sounds slower even though as a matter of fact that might not be the case it's just like tricks people it's like a sure, it's, I can see a, that. it's an audio optical illusion yeah it's not an optical illusion it's an audio illusion right and i don't know the base i just heard this before because you usually th- listen to fast music really loud because that's the kind of mood you're in and then more like low-key slower music you probably listen to a little quieter because right. you're like in chill time so this kind of comes up i guess where you know the most recent i'd heard this before but the most recent time i heard it was on this might be a podcast and they were comparing different versions of a they might be giant song like one they might be giant song that probably had like five or six different recorded versions and how like one version seemed faster than the other to to people that were discussing it online but it actually technically wasn't or something like that 
I've never really experienced this, except sometimes when I, like, listen to music with my eyes closed. Like, I kind of, like, put my headphones in and close my eyes. Songs that I know really well somehow sound faster. If I, like, drown out all other stimuli around me and I listen to a song that I know really well, it just randomly sounds a little faster to me (laughs) than if I'm just listening to it in a normal state, you know, doing other things. So let's hear what else Daniel had to say about this phenomenon. I don't know why that is. I I wonder if it's because, like, it's harder to hear, so it just seems like it's, like, going by faster because I'm not able to, like, grab as much information out of it. I don't know. Um, Could be totally different for other people, too. I have no idea, but uh, I just thought that was interesting. Um, And then as far as the key change to this song, that first one anyway, you can hear, I think, in that Cornerstone recording, Matt not really get the note right. And unfortunately, I have no idea what song he's talking about. What did we do back in July? <laughs> do you remember what song we did back in the like the end of July? Of course, we did. Sadie Hawkins' Dance. That classic Reliant K song. <laughs> You brought this voicemail to the show, and yet you're not at all prepared. No, it's just like a voicemail that's been sitting here forever. <laughs> and as I've said, I want to make sure we play like all the voicemails that are supposed to be played. It was probably a penny loafer saved, a penny loafer earned, because gotcha. that's the song. Nope, it couldn't be that. Oh, oh no, it was. It oh. was. It was a penny loafer saved, a penny loafer <laughs> earned. I got the dates backwards. I'm like, no, this came out before this voicemail. Nope. Opposite. Voicemail came out after the episode. So it was Penny Loafer Save, Penny Loafer Earned. Right. On. So, oh, there's a key change in Penny Loafer. There's a key change, as he mentioned more recently in last week's episode. There's a key change in the end songs of albums three through six. But apparently, there's also a key change in Penny Loafer Saved, Penny Loafer Earned. Let's see how he digs his way out of this one. I'm just kidding. Because it's, it's not a key change that is like. So he's going from the key of C to the key of A, and A he's going to A major. They have the same key signature. Um, so it's not a totally wild key change, but there's not really, like, any leading tones going into it. It just kind of happens, and the first note he sings in the new key is not a note that is the same in, um, in the previous key, so it's... Uh, it's kind of a difficult one to just like do um, without hearing it first. I would imagine in the studio he did that in a couple different takes, but um, yeah. All right. Have a good one. See, now I remember because there's this like subtle sort of key change halfway through the song that all the covers for Penny Loafer Saved, Penny Loafer Earned hugely struggled with. So Daniel called back that same day. And let's hear what he had to say. Hey, it's Daniel again. Sorry. I'm going to not do voicemails while I'm in the drive-thru anymore. So one last thing about that key change is there's actually three key changes in this song. So it starts out in C major, um, and then it it takes that hard left turn into A major. um, And then... uh, it kind of goes more naturally back into um, A minor, which is the same as C major um, on the Cut Your Hair Short and then uh, the, that line. Um, 
And then when it like goes to that really slow part, then they go to S major. So yeah, just a kind of fun little thing. I don't think there are too many other Reliant K songs that have that many key changes in them. Um, I certainly can't think of any song that has more than that off the top of my head. Um, there might be another one that has that many, but yeah. All right. For real. Have a good day. Walk through an airport. Yes, walk through an airport. So that's that. That it's almost serendipitous that I have been sitting on these voicemails because last week we t- we talk. Daniel calls up to talk about key changes, and then here he <laughs> called up and talked about it three months ago, and we're only getting to it now. It's like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like it's purposefully out of order because you learn the information you need ahead of time. So yeah, especially since like then we then he kind of like figured out last week that there's actually not a lot of key changes in Reliant K music overall, and then Penny Loafer saved Penny Loafer earned has three key changes in it. I'm kind of wondering if um, I mean we could just redo the Penny Loafer saved Penny Loafer earned episode today instead of talking about collapsible lung. <laughs> But I was just kind of thinking to myself, especially in hindsight of having just talked about the Office theme song and the original section of that song that Reliant K did, and how like when Tyson improvises a song, which I've heard him do at concerts a number of times, and as we mentioned, is done on the Where the Buffalo and Cell Phone Roam web, web series, like whenever Tyson kind of like improvises a song, is he more inclined to kind of have key changes and like his his, improv, his improvisational style seems to be very seems to be very specific whereas his like written and like properly thought out songs are nothing really like his improvisational songs sure because you sit there mull it over a little longer right. get that great wordplay going i'm sure every musician has like things that they're inclined to do if they're just messing around right but then if they sit down and really write a song there's other things that they're more inclined to like do to kind of not necessarily to surprise themselves and everything so my point was i'm wondering if penny loafer saved penny loafer earned kind of is built off of that improvisational teeson thing like the office theme song like that song about your mobile carrier from where the buffalo and cell phone roam and any other like and like that Freebird song that he makes up instead of playing actual Freebird, right? Like I'm wondering if Penny Loafer Saved, Penny Loafer Earned was one of those like goofing around during a sound check and then decided to actually flush it out into a full song. Could be, yeah. So this week we're talking about a Penny Loafer Saved <laughs> as a Penny Loafer Earned. <laughs> when you were my penny. When you were my penny. <laughs> no, this week when we're talking. When you were my penny pasta. <laughs> This is actually how Tyson writes his songs. He just bounce. He and Hoops just bounce off each other and build a little story. It's like an improvisational game. <laughs> yes. You just toss words back and forth at each other until you actually get the right thing you were looking for. Um, so we're talking about Collapsible Lung this week. And we're talking about When You Were My Baby. And Jessica and I are both in the same sort of boat where we're like, we have the least to say about this song, <laughs> probably of, of any song previously. But I did come up with a couple notes, so I do have a few things to say about this song. The internet didn't have a lot to say about this song either. We have a pretty short deep dive this week as well. 
And I will say that this is one of those songs that when we do Collapsible Long, we find out, you know, from our regular form of research, or at least mine going on YouTube, what songs were kind of like popular before Collapsible Lung came out. Mm -hmm. So the, you know, the title track was and Boomerang was, but this is a song that was played live a couple of times for the year leading up to Collapsible Lung being released. And it got, you know, a reaction from the crowd. And there's actually a couple of cases where people were requesting it. Oh, wow. When it was only a YouTube song, like, People were excited to hear new Reliant K music in 2012. You know, the album came out in 2013, but people are excited for new Reliant K music in 2012. So when they performed this song live and it hit YouTube, people were already watching it and on the same tour requesting it at other nights. So this was a song that like seemed to be popular and mm-hmm. seemed to be a Reliant K song. And this is the other, this is my main note. That all builds up on my main note. So this feels like a very collapsible long sort of song in the way of it being like a pop song that does not feel traditionally Reliant K. But then I found these YouTube videos from 2012 with John and John and Ethan playing it and everybody like seemingly having a great time playing it live. And uh then I was like, oh, this sounds more like a Reliant K song sure. in 2012. Yeah. But then it goes through that production lens of the Collapsible Long album, and it feels less like a Reliant K song. But just seeing those YouTube videos kind of opened my mind up to accept, or at least to see the DNA of, of classic Reliant K in this song, like Boomerang. Like, Boomerang does not sound like a classic Reliant K song, until we started watching those videos on YouTube of them playing it early and everybody loving playing it. I'm trying to remember there was one collapsible long song that we watched early YouTube videos for that was not successful. It was like the the crowd was a little lackadaisical oh, yeah. and even the band didn't seem to be pulling it off live that well. I just have to go look at the collapsible long playlist and i think i'll come up with it because they've never played glory alive they never played can't complain no they did maybe they did play can't complain live they never played glory alive they played ptl live and it got an okay response huh i don't remember did we already do this song once before no no <laughs> no i don't think we it did. couldn't have been don't blink it couldn't have been boomerang we haven't done lost boy was it If I Can Take You Home? Did we do that song yet? Oh, we did. It was If I Can Take it You Home. It could have been, yeah. When they played If I Can Take You Home in 2012 leading up to the album coming out, the YouTube videos gave the sense that it was it was not being pulled off well live. So that's the only case of that. That's the only case mm-hmm. we've seen of that so far where a collapsible lung song was played in 2012 and didn't seem to actually cause much of a stir. But this one did. So this track was produced by Paul Moak, as opposed to Aaron Sprinkle, because they both produced tracks on this album. And it was written by Tyson Hoops and Caleb Owens. Owens also provides additional vocals and electric guitar on this track, as well as Sweeter. And Caleb Owens also co-wrote PTL and Sweeter, as well as this song. Right. So, and we've come up against this about Caleb Owens before. Maybe when we talked about PTL... 
and he seems to be someone who's been tied with Reliant K, but he doesn't have a great web presence. Like I know we did a we did like a live attempted deep dive on him. I think it goes bones by bones Owens. Right. Now, yeah. There are when I was kind of double checking there are a lot of Caleb Owens yes. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot that have died. Like I'm not There were like a, a few obituaries for different Caleb Owens of different ages from the past several years. And I was like, Oh, I guess I hope this is not him. Right. And then there was like a different Caleb Owens who committed like a really heinous crime oh no so there was a news report about that caleb owens oh, so no. it kind of makes sense that he needed to update his name because he doesn't have a ton of music of his own music out there i know he was in the band arlington who had one album we we figured that out at one point and i only remember this because i looked it up again tonight and yeah he needs like if he's got more music out there like get it released and get a better web presence Maybe i, I he's think got he does because it's it's like a it's I found the music of because I had to put in Caleb Owens like music songwriting or whatever <laughs> oh, okay. when I was doing my search, and so he came up and under Bones Owens, and that does have that is in the top search results his website under that. Okay, under that band name or just name whatever it is. There he is. I'm fall. I just we just, Sadie Hawkins pod just followed him. <laughs> <laughs> There's a quote from an album review that I'd like to read because I think that it really does capture the more frustrating aspects of Collapsible Lung. And this is on the Wikipedia and it is cited. Okay. Randall Colburn of Consequence of Sound wrote that the album is front loaded with generic dance pop tracks and weighted down by a parade of faceless women, many of whom are reduced to mere sexual objects, resulting in a record that reeks of adolescent rebellion at its best and pandering at its its worst Mm. and i really think that's kind of the best way to put it is that it it is you know it is a very immature record for an established band you know i never actually did think about the women mentioned in this album as like objects and characters but unfortunately that is kind of that is they're not characters and you look at Reliant K songs in the past and even when when the girl is being put in a negative connotation like Marilyn Manson ain't my girlfriend or Vanessa from what we've been doing lately we still have these characters that are well-developed well-thought-out characters even in Mountaintop you know the woman that the narrator is speaking about you feel that character you know her as a person Mm -hmm. whereas in Every collapsible lung song, she's just sort of a prop. Yeah, that's a shame. And we've never, I don't think we've really hit on this thread of discussion before today. Because I think in the past, when we have talked about the women of collapsible lung, we have previously been hung up on discussing the whole lungy concept. And this idea, especially since it comes up in other reviews and stuff, about how this is teasing after forget and not slow down, chasing chicks. And we're like, well, that's not how we see it. We, you know, even if that was the case here or there, I don't think every song actually represents Teeson's life 
post forget and not slow down. We've gone over that a million times, but because we've been so entrenched in the lungy debate for every collapsible lung track we've done that deals with a relationship with a woman. Yeah, we haven't discussed how women are treated like props in these songs. And that's kind of a shame. It feels like maybe one case where that's not true is like PTL. Because even though that's about a problematic relationship, problematic in the personal term, not in the societal term, like it's about a relationship that's toxic to each other, that they still feel like fleshed out characters, both of them. The the narrator slash Tyson and how she's like clingy, but also tired of him, how they both have that push and pull. Like, I think that those characters are probably a little bit more fleshed out. Like, I can imagine those characters, especially like the hoodie in your car and like the Chanel 5 won't die hard. Like, those are physical attributes that give you a sense of that female character. But yeah, these other characters, like even the one in Disaster, like she's got a kid and they go to church together. But like, you don't really understand anything else about her. Right. Yeah. And maybe like and. Now I'm now I'm like going through and I'm thinking about all these songs. So I guess Don't Blink isn't like necessarily that there is a female character in the song. Like that that lyric video has a woman on a bike, but it's more just about like hold on to hold on to the moments of your life. It's not whether it's, they're love or not. It's really and it, even if you take away like the female aspect of it, just there aren't terribly well developed or thought out characters, including the narrator. In these songs, like there are in other Reliant K albums, where you feel like you're really listening to someone's soul. You really feel like, you know, you're, you can, you can identify with the narrator. You really feel the narrator and where they're at in life. Yeah. And my prevailing theory for that, which I have mentioned in previous Collapsible Long songs, is I think that is on purpose, not just not for the sake of radio play or success or something, but I th- I think never never heard Tyson say this or not. I'm just saying I imagine that forgetting not slow down was such a harrowing experience to create that album, and it was like entirely his soul put out there from how he wrote it to how they produced it to playing that album constantly for years. And then the fact that there's four years until the next album and almost immediately because we find interviews from 2010 and 2011 of him talking about how the next album will have co-writers. I think that the I think the thing is he didn't want to write soul bearing songs for this album. He needed a break from that. That's how I have started to possibly see it as we piecemeal our way through this like not very available history of Reliant K. So yeah, this is like more immature and it's a shame because you want to feel like, cause so many fans do feel like they have grown with the music, like how Harry Potter fans grow with exactly. the Harry Potter books and how WWE fans <laughs> grow <laughs> with the different eras of that. But I'm not even a WWE fan. I just know that like it would get more mature each generation, each each kind of like era Gotcha. As like the fan, the current generation of fans were getting older, and then they kind of have to reset eventually, because it would couldn't go any further, and those fans would grow older. So it's like time to get back to entertaining kids again. It's just such a shame that like their most artistically 
developed and unique album is followed by <laughs> is followed by their pretty unanimously like voted worst album where they right. took something that was in fact so brilliant and so profound and then they went to the exact opposite of it for the next album and really just went into just such a different place yeah that was so unexpected your takes are shaking the earth <laughs> and causing car alarms to go off. I mean, I completely... We don't need to harp on collapsible No, no, I completely but... understand. And, like, most of the time when I'm playing, like, I feel bad. I play the devil's advocate because you're just being honest and you're saying things that I probably... That I also think about collapsible lung. Because you say them, then I just want to give, like, the counterpoint to that and kind of open up my mind to what what is or could be going on and play the devil's advocate you know what i mean so on this show unfortunately over the last couple of years it's come to this thing where <laughs> <laughs> we are trying to do a podcast here about collapsible lung <laughs> it's come to this point over the last couple of years where it seems like i love collapsible lung and you're just like tearing it apart and that wasn't like a decision, and it's not really the the truth of our day to day. It's the opposite it's, of our last podcast. Right. <laughs> our not original, meaning the office theme. No, meaning our <laughs> secret origin podcast that we did before we did this podcast, which we will talk about on another collapsible lung Just episode. Just reversed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I. So just to play devil's ad, um, just to play devil's advocate again. But again, I agree with everything you're saying, and I don't like love claps belong. But I have warmed up to it as a collection of pop songs, and it is just like this thing that for fans of the band who were following this certain track of how they were developing, that this just seemed to be what was like next and needed to be done because, like I said, like. He just wanted to do a collection of pop songs and the lyrics weren't that important. And it reminds me of a couple weeks ago when you found that blog where someone was saying like how how I only like songs where the lyrics have meaning. And right. if you're an artist and you write a song that doesn't have like a, a deep meaning to your lyrics, just keep it to yourself. And I hated that. Yeah, I hated that. And there's plenty of songs in the world. Of course, there are literally millions of songs in the world that I couldn't care less or I'm like totally I'm adverse to the lyrics or I think the lyrics are stupid. But I would never in a million years like tell someone that they shouldn't have done that because I don't like it or agree with it. And also like I have this balance of not really being a lyrics guy like I like lyrics but I don't think that lyrics are the most important thing in music at all. Like, quite literally, music was developed, lyrics weren't a part of it. <laughs> like, like when music was created by human beings million, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of years ago, mu lyrics weren't a part of it. Lyrics become a part of it over time in different societies and different cultures lyrics and and like throat groaning and stuff like vocal right. melodies become a part of things but it's not really until popular music that this idea of like poetry on top of music becomes so important like nobody 
if there were podcasts back in Mozart's time, like no one would be complaining about, no one would have a Mozart podcast and be complaining about how he doesn't have lyrics or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't think lyrics are important to music by half. And most of my favorite artists when I was in like middle school learning about popular music, they would say in interviews that lyrics are not that important. Lyrics, like, I, I have I have memories of interviews where Kurt Cobain said that. I have memories of, not like we ever talk about her, or she's like my most favorite artist now, but Alanis Morissette, because I love Jagged Little Pill. And I was a kid, and she was constantly being interviewed on MTV, and she talked about how lyrics are very important to her, but they're not the most important aspect. Like, you have to have the song first. And she had, like, lyrics that spoke literally to a generation. So did Kurt Cobain. But, like, when you put this emphasis on lyrics as the most important thing which you're not doing i'm saying when people put lyrics as the most important thing in music it only sets them up for like this failure because like there's only so many well you put a million i was gonna say there's only so many ways to put lyrics together but no there's like an innumerable amount of ways to put lyrics together but you get what i'm saying oh my gosh (laughs) listen I'm not going to lie. That's the Danny's rambling alarm. (laughs) I don't always put importance on lyrics. I have Justin Bieber's boyfriend on my workout playlist. Justin Bieber's got a boyfriend? That song song is darn catchy. (laughs) So I do think lyrics, I I mean, lyrics are important in their way. I could be a Buzz Lightyear fly across the globe. (laughs) Just terrible lyrics, but it's a catchy little little number. My my thought on lyrics to push us a little further is like, think of all the people who only know Weird Al songs as the Weird Al song, right? right. That doesn't change their enjoyment of the song. Like they yeah. might think, yeah, these lyrics are funny, but they still also love the the music of the song. And then comes the day where they hear bad or smells like teen spirit for the first time. And they're like, oh, here's the actual song. But the new lyrics don't mean it. They're like, oh, I can enjoy this song. This is like a proven thing that Weird Al fans have talked about. There's like there's like 25 Weird Al podcasts, and I've listened to three of them. <laughs> and this actually happens considerably. On one of the, the the song by song Weird Al podcast, they would they had like five hosts, and they would talk about like who heard, who heard the Weird Al song version first, and who heard the real version second, or, or who heard the real version first. And so like that's a proven way to show that lyrics don't really mean that much. I'm saying all this. To say that, like, so here's Relyon K. Tyson does not need feel the need to rip his soul out and put it on the page again and put it on the record again. So they just kind of get together and they write some fun pop songs. And it probably pissed off that person who wrote that blog who said, I hate vapid lyrics. But, like, that's, like, all he wanted to do. He was like, this will be fun and enjoyable for me and I want to experience this. But then people who have lived through his lyrics kind of feel a step back with this track. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's almost like if you're watching Marvel movies when they're coming out and you're like, oh, man, I can't wait for what's going to happen next with that one character. And you're like, oh, 
I gotta watch Ant Man next. There's gonna be no further development of the of the universe of the Marvel universe through Ant Man one or two. You know what I mean? Right. Like I want to see what happens next with the Avengers, but I gotta see Ant Man first, or I gotta see Doctor Strange. I don't know. First. There's some important tie-ins in Ant Man too. At the very end. At yeah. the very end. But anyway, and I guess there you get a, you get a little section of um of Avenger the Avengers compound and Ant Man one. You know what I'm saying. I do know what you're this saying. This was like a little setback in terms of that build up, but it was Vapid Pop songs by design, and that's what he wanted to do, and it was not it just didn't feel like a Reliant K record. I like the wedding bells or whatever the chiming is. That's nice. That has some some air for free kind of vibes. It also reminds me a little of Marry Me by Bruno Mars. Right. Jessica put that song on earlier. And I'm like, this does sound like this song. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and it's funny because, yeah, I like the wedding bells in this song as well. But they're really, like, ironic. Mm-hmm. And despite everything else we might say about this album being vapid or whatever... It is kind of funny to have that layer of like thematic and musical irony because this is a breakup song and then you have wedding bells in it, which is literally it's 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 counterintuitive to the theme of the lyrics. So it's really funny to have that because part of the song with that, that like this, this sort of beat when you were my baby, it kind of makes me think of it almost like a wedding march. Like I could imagine you know, Reliant K fans using us using this, except for the, the the actual theme of the lyrics. I could imagine Reliant K fans like wanting to use this song in their wedding because it's got those wedding bells and it's got this beat and it's got it's it's got like a springtime feel. It really does. It has yeah. this rejuvenating springtime beat to it, and the instrumentation it's very like light and airy and nice but then the song is about a breakup so it's funny that you mentioned the wedding bells because it made me think of that so having seen those youtube videos from 2012 and seeing this song played like just with a little bit more sense of relying k and also you just said how you could see this song possibly be mo- being moved into an air for free i do think this is one of the like secretly more reliant k songs in mm-hmm. the Tyson and the Tyson and Friends album, like right. that's you know what I mean. In, in past episodes, I said like if this was called the if this was Matt Tyson's solo album, nobody would talk about it the right. way that we sort yeah. of have had to talk about it. But like I feel like this is a handful of songs like "Don't Blink" and this this the self titled track, uh, and you know this song and some others that I can't remember what I've said about it in the past where you could take them and you could put them on air for free and it wouldn't feel out of step and it would feel more Reliant K. There's more Reliant K DNA in this song than there might seem like at the surface level when you listen to the studio track. And I know you won't agree with this because I think this came up with Don't Blink and one other song, (laughs) but I could almost hear this being like a Forget and Not Slow Down cut track. Like, I could almost imagine, especially, well, the, the theme being a breakup song. Like, the lyrics literally sound like a more airy version of the themes of Forget and Not Slow Down. It's about, he's upset because when you were my baby, the whole world seemed right. And now you're not my baby and the world seems wrong. That's the theme of Forget and Not Slow Down. 
this has a rhythm that maybe you wouldn't hear in Forget Not Slow Down because that is more of a rock, that is a rock album, but this is technically a pop rock song. Like it is just bass and drums and guitar and a few extra things like the bells and the piano, but it's a pop, it's a light, soft pop rock song. So I'm just thinking that if you took this sheet music and sent it back in time to 2008, Reliant K of then could take this song and tweak it here and there and like pedal hoops could turn up some distortion on something and this could almost be a forget not slow down song which at the very least if it if you did do a forget not slow down style version of this song it might get cut for not fitting into the framework of the whole album and then you'd be like oh did you ever hear that cut song from forget not slow down called when you were my baby it's a little bit more cheery than the rest of the album You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I can almost hear that version of this song now that I've watched those YouTube live videos. So, yeah, I think um, it was an old experiment. We talked about like the first few times we talked about collapsible lung about could you take could you make an EP out of collapsible lung that feels more like Reliant K that nobody would complain about it being a pop album. And it was always, you know, don't blink and PTL, and maybe Disaster, and the title track. I think this is another one that you could actually throw into that EP. Sure. Well, we will take our break, and we'll be right back with uh, stuff. (laughs) We want to thank you very much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Sadie Hawkins Pod. From there, you can interact with us, as well as view the videos and images we talk about on the show. You can also call our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. That's 402-957-2343. Leave us a message and we can play it on a future episode. Also, we invite you to check out SadieHawkinsPod.com, one simple place to get links to all our social media and a link to our Public store. There you can pick up merchandise, or merch as it's known in the industry. We have our Black Flag parody shirt, our little Sheet Boy ice cream shirt, and our all-new Boys from Canton ampersand shirts that list the first names of every album lineup of Reliant K. And if you can't get enough of us, well, good news. At patreon.com slash Pod, we are releasing at least two bonus episodes a month. You'll also have access to our whole backlog, including our discussion of Owl City's Ocean Eyes, reading through the complex infrastructure book, and the songs from K is for Karaoke. Finally, we want to thank our current patrons, who include Daniel, Josh, JR, Jarrett, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Helen, Samantha, Roxanne, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, David, and Brady. We hope to see you there, and even if we don't, we hope that you will keep us in positive regard. Aww. So you like Reliant K, do you? Well, what about They Might Be Giants? My name is Greg Simpson, and I host a They Might Be Giants fan podcast, and it's called This Might Be a Podcast. This Might Be a Podcast is a song-by-song podcast featuring a different guest every episode from normal fans like you and I, but also I've had guests such as John Darneal of the Mountain Goats, Justin McElroy of My Brother, My Brother and Me, Hutch Harris of the Thermals, Mike Park of Asian Man Records, Franz Nikolai of The Hold Steady, and Danny Weinkoff and Marty Beller of They Might Be Giants, and past drummers Dan Hickey and Brian Doherty. Search for Punk News 
or this might be a podcast on any podcast platform and you will find us this might be a podcast brought to you by punknews.org over on song meetings this week we have one comment (laughs) oh wow Mark Curious on August 15th, 2013 said, while some may find the analogy of the entire album as downhill from belief and the realization in the end, and in as much declare it as a sequel to Forget and Not Slow Down. That's the most verbose way to say some people are lungies and think this is a direct thematic sequel to Forget Not Slow Down. Uh, I also find the analogy of the recent breakup of the three band members of Reliant K most jarring would be in this song. Such a bittersweet tone in an upbeat message and daydreaming of this song's would-be video is also heartbreaking, if only. What? Would-be video? If they had, if this song had a music video, oh. yeah. So wait, I'm confused. The breakup was. I, I think that they mean when John, John, and Ethan left. Oh, okay. I I believe that's what they're referring because to. they said the three breakup. Okay, that makes more sense. Because when they first said that, or when you first read that they said that, I thought to myself, well, yeah, didn't Hoops also get maybe divorced around this time, but we don't really talk about the personal lives of the band. We don't fixate on that. Mm-hmm. So I don't really remember this stuff other than say, forget not slow down because it is like entwined in the history of that album. But I thought maybe, yeah, like another thing is like hoops is credit on this. So maybe this is like hoops breakup song, but I don't remember if exactly that's when he got divorced from his first wife, but that makes sense to think, Ethan's the only... Well, to go back to that, to the three members who left the band and how they wouldn't have been in... Okay, hold on. Hold on. Sorry, my brain's going right now. So this song meanings person is like... the Ethan, John, and John left the band. So it's sad to imagine that they could have been in the music video for this. But I'm like, I don't think there would have been a music video for this song, <laughs> first of all. Right. And second of all, Ethan's the only one who technically left the band... And John and John just kind of, like, didn't pick up again. You know what I mean? Like, they just kind of didn't pick up. Like, they didn't, they didn't like, officially leave the band, but they they had an open invite to go, I think. Right. Whatever. Confusing Josh- song. Their whole verbose opening to that just confused yeah. the heck out of me. Uh, Josh Below ranked this song number 142 on his list of every Reliant K song ranked. And then we have Rockin' It Christian Style, a blog from <laughs> Wednesday, September 11th, Rockin 2013. It Christian Style, that's what they're doing in the song Disaster after church when the kid's watching a movie. Get it? They're Rockin' It Christian Style. For bands that have been around for such a long time, <laughs> it is not an uncommon... It is not uncommon to see them take a more adventurous route in order to keep their creativity and excitement alive. Reliant K, who have been around now for a decade, are no exception to this, as is proved with their latest record entitled Collapsible Lung. Keeping that in mind, I'd say that this is the most surprising record we have seen from them to date. There has been a lot of controversy surrounding this record due to the fact that many people think that it is too far off from the Reliant K we have come to know and love. In a way, I agree. I mean, this record is seriously different, but it actually isn't bad at all. 
It just isn't what we are used to. Besides the great difference between each song on the record, the biggest difference, I think, in comparison to previous records that they have released is the songwriting. Eight of the 11 tracks feature co-writers such as Ari Levine, CeeLo Green, and, who does CeeLo Green and Bruno Mars, mm-hmm. uh, Fernando Garibay, who writes for Lady Gaga, and Evan Bogart, who writes for Beyonce and Rihanna. With this in mind, it makes more sense to me as to why this record has such a wide variety within itself and why, as a whole, the record doesn't necessarily fit together perfectly. In addition, the lyrics lack a certain purposeful framework. In this record, we find tracks related to dysfunctional relationships, boomerang, gloria, and disaster, life regrets, lost boy, and PTL, and reflections on happy times, don't blink, if I could take you home when you were my baby, resulting in what I think is a record that is too incoherent and not what you would expect from a seasoned band such as this. And you know what? I don't even care. I love this record. It is the kind of record that you can sing along to and jam to in traffic. If you ask me, I think the Christian music scene needs more records like this one. Some people may think that the lyrics in this album have too much of a worldly view. But if you ask me, that is just what this world needs. What society often doesn't understand is that Christians suffer with everyday problems just like everybody else. And this is the kind of record that will appeal to non-Christians. I am a firm believer that music is the best way to reach people. And so an album such as this is quite possibly one of the best ways for believers to reach out to non-believers. That's just me, however. Regardless, I think that this is just an insanely fun pop record that will be one of my favorites of the year. I really enjoyed this week's song of the week, Don't Blink. I mean, I agree. I, um, I think when I was on the Reliable J podcast, this came up because, you know, Josh has that opinion that like Collapse of a Long is their most Christian album. And I can't remember his exact points for that, but I would agree that Collapse of a Long can be seen as one of their most Christian albums if you consider that it like just shows people being people. And there's this like really ridiculous uh, way in which Christians try to present themselves to the world that they're somehow like perfect and and like clean of issues and like so you know they they take that like being a shining beacon to the world concept and they take it in the wrong way as far as like worldliness like being a shining beacon to the world is you're supposed to be like charitable and kind and never hate people you know what i mean but somehow that gets interpreted by certain christians as meaning like you can never ever like do anything even sort of like sin or the whole world's gonna think that you're not a real christian and i've heard this a lot recently in terms of like mental health you know what i mean like and how like that extends in this way to like christians who are like well i can't go for psychiatry i can't go for like help or counseling because then that shows weakness and then that destroys my testimony if i'm weak if people see me as weak and then like then they just make their mental health worse and worse so i completely agree that in that sense a collapsible lung album like this for or similar for any other christian band it's like yeah there's just people being people here are just songs of people being people like it's not like every single second has to be absolutely perfect clean whatever that's not how humanity works and that's not how like testimony works you don't present yourself as this like shining perfect thing 
so that people can't even like, well, how can I like, well, I don't want to be boring like that Christian who's like so completely devoid of life. So they ranked this song four out of five and said similar artists, House of Heroes, Switchfoot, Hawk Nelson and Run Kid Run. That reminds me, do you remember those, um, those Christian recommendation sheets? Did you ever get one of those? Because I know you weren't like no. big in the Christian bookstore scene or whatever. <laughs> But they were like these Excel sheets where it was like, if you like Blink-182, instead you should listen to Reliant K. Right, like, you've told me about this. Yeah, like there should have been like a reverse version for like people who were leaving youth group culture. And it was like, hey, you were enjoying <laughs> Run Kid Run. You should listen to these bands. That's funny. Well, let's see. We do have material that I was <laughs> to pull up. So, here is a version from... Actually, no, we'll go in kind of chronological order. This is that performance in Sacramento, July 2012. So, this is exactly a year before the album was finally released. And this is, I believe, like the first time the song was uploaded to YouTube, being played live a year before the album was released. And this is the version that I think a lot of people saw and then went to shows in 2013 and requested this song. So this lineup is Ethan and John and John. Still remember what happened. Yeah, I know right where I was. kind of shows how there's these rock bones to the song mm -hmm. that you could have a very different studio version yeah it is absolutely. still technically a pop rock song on the album but it's just got that extra layer of pop sense on the album i would have liked to have heard a version more like this on the album or on an air for free or on some sort of ep or something that came out yeah before or after um I had something else to say about this, and I don't remember now. Let me listen to it again for a second. <laughs> I remember. I'm also getting this sense right now of like a somewhat of a of a more Beach Boys thing. There's a slight Beach Boys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That is something that we didn't talk about before. That is a thing that we've Especially, talked about with this song before. Is that there's more Beach Boy vibes in this one? Yeah, and the Beach Boys vibe is such 
a piece of the raw NK DNA that once you kind of unlock that genome in this song, right. like Pandora, uh, you kind of see how this is more of a Reliant K song than most of the rest of the middle of the album. This feels like that sort of later, not the later, later 80s stuff, not Kokomo. <laughs> but this feels like, there. <laughs> yeah, this feels like good, vi- this feels like post good vibrations, sort of like a little bit. You know, this doesn't... Yeah. yeah. This could have been on Smile or something, right? I don't know. I don't know the Beach Boys that well. I know a little bit. I thought Beach Boys, like, dabblings were, like, for a month I listened to a lot of Beach Boys. But I didn't, like, retain a lot or get a lot of information (laughs) from it. I'm always like, yeah, I like the Beach Boys. And then it's like I pretty much go to the Greatest Hits album. And then that's about as far as I go with it. So we don't need to listen to this performance because it's pretty much the same as the last one. But this one is only a couple nights later in 2012 in July. And you can just hear these. It's just funny because it's got a little. So it's got a little uh, chatter at the beginning where people are requesting the song. When you I'd like to remind everybody (laughs) that the song is literally not released yet. Yeah. Like, it was just played for the first time a couple nights before, and these people in the front row are, like, super excited to hear it again. They know what's up. And they're already singing it. And I'm. I hope that I, I've saved the right video because then there's a little explanation here for that. So, like the band themselves are like, "Oh, were you here yesterday? You already remember the song." And then it's hoops. I think you hear hoops go. No, they must have seen it on YouTube. And then the girls in the front row are like, yeah, YouTube. And Tyson's like, oh, wow, okay, YouTube. <laughs> 2012, I mean, yeah. it's only a couple. It's still only been around for a couple years, yeah. so that's funny. And then by the time the album came out, John and John and Ethan aren't in the band anymore. And when this is being played, I have a couple examples of this. We'll p- play this one uploaded I didn't credit any of those last videos, but this one's uploaded by Richel Hadfield. And so when they started touring after the release of Collapsible Lung, in the set, this they played When You Were My Baby acoustic. so pretty done this way yeah and 
I didn't think about this until we're in the episode, but all my comments before about how you could change this song up and somehow almost fit it on Forget and Not Slow Down. This is the end if you want it is obviously the classic closer to that album. But hypothetically, if you did this lullaby version of When You Were My Baby to close out Forget and Not Slow Down, I think that that would actually fit pretty well. Add some like heavy Markley Townsend like <laughs> effects and, and sure. hoops effects and stuff. You know, maybe a little reverb. Uh, to mention another baby song, like sort of that like dreamy atmosphere of not baby, uh, uh, the f- song before Savannah. <laughs> Oasis. Oasis. I was like, Jessica's going to get it. <laughs> if you did like an Oasis type thing with this song and made it really dreamy, this song could have ended Forget Not Slow Down. So that's all the live versions. There's a bunch more. There's actually a couple examples where Caleb Owens was there on stage with them at the time. Oh, cool. But those don't sound great on YouTube. So instead, we'll move on to covers. And here is the Piano Dreamers. Nice. Yeah, this song does lend itself to a Piano Dreamers cover. Whereas some you listen to the beginning and you're like, I have no idea what this is going to turn into. Like, you know right (laughs) off the bat, this is when you were my baby. Right, because it opens right up with that vocal melody. You know what I mean? There's no noodling around or anything like so the piano dreamers version gets to get right into interpreting that vocal melody to the piano so that's good and then this is adorable (laughs) this is rain ray but rain is spelled r-a-e-n and ray is spelled r-a-e this is a one minute ukulele cover Also, this song is pretty short. This song is only like two and a half minutes or something like that, which is so funny. Like we're also this week, we're doing uh, one headlight on Patreon over at patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod for our K for karaoke series. We're doing one headlight and that song is so long. That song's four and a half minutes. Both versions are clocking over four minutes, but I enjoy that song so much more than I really enjoy this song. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm looking, I mean, we're, we're talking about stuff today, but I was like listening to both songs today. And like, I'm looking way more forward to talking about One Headlight <laughs> than I am when you were my baby. So here is this ukulele cover that's only a minute long by Ray Rain Ray and something adorable happens immediately. So I got to make sure Jessica can see. Instantly, Rain Ray's dog jumps up, jumps up with a toy in its mouth, and like, "Hey, play with me, play with me." (laughs) This is not music time. This is play time. This is not music time. It's play time. What kind of dog is that? That's not a pug, is it? I don't think it comes back after this first. I think it is a pug. Oh, it's like a maybe a boxer. Pug. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it's definitely a small boxer. It's not a big boxer, but it's yeah, like, so it might be mixed with something. But it's got the boxer ears and boxer yeah. nose. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. So it says, "When you were my baby, Relying K interrupted ukulele," <laughs> and it's really nice. At once, the dog doesn't want to goes off to play somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah. 
You can still hear the squeaky toy in the background. I love it. That was really cute. That's so cute. I love that. And it shows that there's really a nice melody, a nice lullaby like yeah. melody to this song. Yeah, even the lyrics. It's like you can take this song and just do it differently, and it's a great song. Uh, then we have two other covers, and this is by 212DP, Eric, oh wait, well, Eric Swart. Eric Swart is named in the title of this video. And it's interesting because he starts out playing the piano and then must use some sort of either, you know, some sort of looping device on the piano so that then he can let the piano keep playing while he picks up his guitar. And he kind of does it live on camera. But you can also pick up the actual keys, like the plastic keys on the keyboard click, click clicking as well. I still remember what happened. Yeah, I know right where I was. So right there, right before you heard that bump of him going to pick up his guitar, he just stops playing the piano and it's still looping. And then he starts getting ready to play his guitar. It's a regular yeah. Matt Teeson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a bass. Even the sun's gonna set. Now he's going to switch to a guitar, I believe. Yep. Yep, so now the bass is looping. He's just kind of clapping on <laughs> an acoustic guitar on the strings. And now that clapping is looping. guitar tone's a little rough mm -hmm. like it was we're all working out really well until yeah. that particular oh, wow guitar that's tone. great very talented yeah and then there's one other cover and it's just a regular acoustic cover so we'll just get a quick sample of this this is matt one five one three two eight and no it's neither of the mats that we know and this is a, a female singer with i assume this is matt playing the acoustic guitar I 
That's really nice. Yeah, that's yeah, really that's nice. really good. Pretty all good covers actually. Four yeah. pretty good covers. Yeah, <laughs> four good to pretty good covers. Uh, so we didn't get to talk about this last time when we did Oasis, Savannah, and Baby. So here is the because it wasn't released yet, but here's the Sparrow Sleeps version. Of forgetting not to slow down's baby. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we already did this episode, and the Sparrow Sleeps tribute album came out since then. Like fifty, it's really sh- really short track for a lullaby. Like I know it's just meant to like, it's you're supposed to play the whole album for your kid, but I just imagine like putting this one song on. It's like right. you got fifty five seconds to go to hell to sleep. <laughs> and of course, because there's so many Reliant K songs called Baby. There's the Forget Not Slow Down. There's this one's got the word Baby in it. And of course, they did a cover of. Baby by Justin Bieber, which we've already done over a Patreon. But at the time... I think we released it over here too, didn't we? We did. We released a portion of it. We released like 50% of it. But at the time, I didn't follow our normal format for Case for Karaoke in any way. So I didn't find these fan music videos for the Relying K cover of Justin Bieber's Baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this one is uploaded... This one's uploaded by Talon Karchner, Karchner with a K, uh, and this is a Justin Bieber Reliant K music video. I'm like peeking around the microphone trying to see the video. I was trying to set it up for her because it's oh, on my phone. Oh, wow. This guy has some hoops vibes with the hat and stuff, <laughs> and he's got some Sperry's on, boat shoes, and he's knocking on the door. Now he's sitting on the porch step. Oh, and now he's walking. <laughs> he's walking with his super 2004 emo girlfriend. <laughs> and a different kid drove by on a bicycle and she like nodded him like, yeah, I'm going to leave my boyfriend for you. Ah! <laughs> Sorry. I realize we don't need to be blasting the song. No, we got This it. is an amazing okay. music video. I just got to say because wow. it's these like teens with nothing much to do and it's a breakup song and they made this music video and there's a very interesting movement in it where there's constantly like a crescent circle movement around them which shows a lot of like camera movement that you don't because so many fan music videos you don't even see any camera movement they just set the tripod up and they just tape what they get well they actually have this movement happening that then they can edit 
the movement in the other direction. So, you know, it's not like a super professional looking video, but it shows a certain amount of camera design that Sorry, you don't normally the, see. The main boy is now beating up the girl's new boyfriend. And wow, that's great. They use some, some good little blood effects there where you had to split it <laughs> see like spit out a tooth and stuff and <laughs> I didn't get that's, this far that's when I fun. <laughs> This will never get played on MTV if it's got that level of violence. I Also, I didn't realize there were two boys in the music video. I thought it was the same guy, but it's not. There are no, two. No, there's two boys. There's two boys. Because she was ready to cheat on him, by the way. Like, at the beginning oh, of the video, I see. they were walking arm in arm. And you laughed because of how emo 2000 she looked. But then the, the other boy went riding past and she winked at him like, Hey, I'm ready for you. And he's just looking at the ceiling of his room. And it's in slow motion, but slow motion done in post, so it has that little lag. Right. It's just a lot of very... Oh, they have their, like, real... A is for awesome, like, studios. (laughs) They have their, like, real names on their iPhones as they're calling each other. Yeah. It's also, like, winter in the north somewhere, so it's, like, the most not photogenic Mm -hmm. neighborhood. It's just, like, gray and cold, which kind of matches his mood. So, in a way, that's a lot of production value. Well, here's one other baby music video. This one is uploaded, uh, you know, Justin Bieber cover music video. This one's uploaded by Seichel Long... Seichel, like Michael, but with an S-Y... Law Ringer. Law Ringer. Never seen either of those names before, but. So let's make sure Jessica sees this when it starts. Here Uh-oh. is Seichel with, with uh, their music video. Okay. You can press play on that. <laughs> so it's just Seichel out in the woods swinging along. Spinning grooving in a circle. out, spinning, grooving out Showing to the song. Showing you his cross ring. I think this is a joke. I probably. But this is just a lip lots thing. of hand motions. Unless there's anything in the a lot of hard <laughs> hand motions. If there's anything in the second half of this video, I don't know. But I, I watched about thirty seconds and I closed it. And I'm like, we're gonna watch this in the podcast. So it opened with a. Like the camera panning down a church with a like a very nice lens flare going. Right, because this is the best Christian song of all time. Exactly. Reliant K's version <laughs> of Justin Bieber's Baby. I just tweeted. Now he's break dancing. I just tweeted, and it was a pretty successful tweet. I said how like any Christian band that covers a secular song has saved that song, and that song will now go to heaven when it dies. Because that's not how music works. Songs aren't Christian. I hope he made this and sent it to a significant other. It's fantastic. Yeah, I maybe like this was goatee. like a, maybe this was a laugh, like a a, a, a lark for a, as a gift. Mm-hmm. Even this cover is better than <laughs> when you were to the, they, they cut to the cross ring again. <laughs> Unless he's singing to Jesus, maybe. I'm not really sure. Oh, maybe. Well, there's a bunch of songs with this title, and I don't really feel like getting into them now. (laughs) (laughs) There's one by... They're all, like, you know, like, SoundCloud-style artists. Oh, I found all these on YouTube, but they're all, like, you know, independent artists. 
uh, Greg Kerr, Vertex, Ricky Rebel, Ray Becca, and Vol Dores. We'll play the Ricky Rebel version because this was pretty cool. This is very 80s. Oh, this is called If You Were My Baby. That's the thing. It's like a bunch of songs that came up with similar titles. But I tried to only pick the ones that actually said When You Were My Baby. In this case, I failed. So what do you think of this? This is fun. Well, Jessica. There's also... um, a song by Magnetic Fields with the exact title of When You Were My Baby. Did you say Magnetic Fields before? Because oh, they're no, on Spotify. Okay, hold on. So we'll end on this. Magnetic Fields, When You Were My Baby. I had no idea. So... I didn't listen to it. Lots of songs called My Boo, though. And this definitely predates Reliant K's version. I think all those other artists that I mentioned come out after Reliant K's, but mm-hmm. here's Magnetic Fields When You Were My Baby. Sounds fine. <laughs> to be honest, I like Reliant K's version better. <laughs> <laughs> this also has a pet sound. This sounds kind of like thing it was it. recorded in a bathroom. Yeah. Like uh, 10 feet away from a microphone. Well, Jessica, yes. what do you think of the magnetic fields when you were my baby? Do you like it more the same or less than before we talked about it? About the same. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I do like the Reliant K when you were my baby a little bit more now, actually, because of the live versions and the covers. Yeah, that's the thing. Is Those like, really elevated the song. I would like like an official live version out there somewhere. Yeah. but Or like a review of this song. Hoops has talked about wanting to like kind of reimagine some of the songs on air for free and how that hasn't really happened. And that's part of JC Keith's tribute album name. They called it air for free reimagined in, in kind of a callback to what Hoops had said. Let's reimagine some collapsible lung songs like this one for sure. We, I don't feel like we got the real version of this on the album. Oh, well, oh is that just how it ends? All right. <laughs> that's just then. how it ended. Well, we're out of time. <laughs> Here at St. August Pod. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening.